Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Okay, let's get into it, folks. Sunday, fun day, and a lot to discuss, so not a lot of time, and uh, 14 games late, uh, just uh, uh, to get into for this Sunday, obviously, Happy New Year, everyone, and without much further ado, let's get into the NFL action. So, uh, to start, we got a bunch of favorites who are in prime position to lock up playoff spots. We don't no, because obviously we have the week 18 to factor in how much they're going to give a uh, run to some of these players. Uh, so you have to kind of bear that in mind. So when I give out some of these picks, you're also going to have to kind of bear in mind your risk tolerance of how much these guys are going to play. So in the case here in Buffalo, you got cold weather uh, bills are 14 and a half point favorites and Atlanta team that basically is packed it in uh you know, not much going offensively. Yes, we had the Cordero Patterson earlier in the year. Not so much lately. Uh, Kyle Pitts, they haven't been able to figure him out. Uh, Russell Gage, cheap, but man, this Falcons offense stinks. The Bills need to win this game, obviously. They control their own fate uh, in terms of the East. They got to win out to win the AFC East. I think they pound Atlanta here. Uh, 14.5 point favorites, though. Uh, I'll still back it, but it's not one that I'm really act aggressively betting. This is one where I'll just, I would more likely throw it into a teaser with some of these other huge favorites because I can't see Atlanta doing a backdoor cover to get it to 14. Uh, just getting it past 14, I, I, it's a little risky, but Buffalo should handle it here. From a DFS perspective, uh, I like Gabe Davis at 5K on DraftKings. I like him on FanDuel as well because I think He's become a touchdown target in the red zone, uh, even taking away some looks from Dawson Knox. And Josh Allen, I'm not going to say you can't play Josh Allen. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things. He has rushing upside. He throws. Yes, his accuracy is always going to be a question mark at times. But, you know, dude still puts uh, up numbers at the end of the day. He's better. I would say he's better in fantasy than in real life. I'll leave it at that. And uh, I know folks think that's kind of harsh, but I just think that's the reality situation. But Bills should handle Atlanta here. I hate this Atlanta team with uh, a lot of fiber, just uh, just a r- rough, rough watch. This game should not be close. Uh, okay, on, on the other side, in uh, uh, we got New England, uh, 15 half-point favorites against the Jacksonville team. Also, team likely have quit. Uh it actually, the line has moved up. It was 15 and a half. Now it's at 17. You can't touch it at 17, in my opinion. Uh, you know, Mac Jones isn't to that level yet where I would feel confident with him throwing enough because New England's just going to keep running the ball on Jacksonville. And the issue with uh, playing New England is the fact that you could end up in a situation where all three running backs in play, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, and Brandon Bolden, they're all getting work. So to me, not nearly as appealing a fantasy spot because I think they are likely to cannibalize each other 
and put themselves in an awkward spot. So that's where I think it's uh, it's a tough one to kind of go uh, go in that uh, uh, space to dabble with New England because I like the Pats defense, but I have no problem fading everything else in this game because I don't see anything on the Jacksonville side. Uh, you know, James Robinson hurt us last week, blowing out his Achilles, uh, you know, speedy recovery to him. Uh, but, you know, there's really nothing on this Jacksonville side I have any interest in. So just we'll keep it moving. Uh, my game of the day, Kansas City and Cincinnati. Different ways to approach this. You can approach it with Chiefs are on the uptick. They're in their Super Bowl push mode. And they lock down on a, a Bengals team that has the worst coach probably the worst coaching staff in, in the NFL. They had the big win against Baltimore that everyone's raving about, but let's be honest with ourselves. The Baltimore secondary is XFL caliber. What they trotted out there. It was the perfect matchup for Joe Burrow. He dominated him. He did what he needed to do, but listen, I like, I still like Burrow in that passing attack against a chiefs defense. That's going to blitz because we know Steve Spagnuolo from his time with the giants. He Spags loves to blitz. And Joe Burrow is very good uh, at dealing with the blitz. Now, the question becomes, can he get the ball over the top uh, in time uh, to Jamar Chase? Because that's really what he wants to do. I'm not entirely sold on that, but I do have lots of pieces. So I like T. Higgins. I think he can play Tyler Boyd. The other guy I would also take a look at is uh, C.J. Uzoma at, uh, in, at, in the 3K range. And he's also 5K on FanDuel. To me, I think you have to spread out, and this is more of an MME play when it comes to the Bengals, but I like the spot. It's just that I know people are going to go gravitate towards the Chiefs, and I'm not saying it's wrong. I just think the Chiefs are so priced up for this matchup. I know the Bengals secondary isn't good. I know Zach Taylor screws up too many possessions, and that it'll likely lead to the Chiefs winning this game. And probably they'll, they'll they, they probably might even cover this game uh the spreads uh, uh three and a half it was four i think the chiefs can win this game outright and win by a touchdown but what i'm saying here is from a fantasy production standpoint i like the Bengals side more than the Chiefs side because i think yes there's always the potential for tyreek and kelsey to go go have ceiling games no question but if you're telling me which pieces have more uh chance to go off I'm not as sold on Darrell uh, Williams with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out. I'm not as sold on that piece. And again, these are the Chiefs side, good floors. They have good floors. It's just with their pricing, I don't think they have the ceiling that the Bengals players have because I think the Bengals can still get over the top on the Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs defense at 3K is an interesting play because they're going to have sacks. The Bengals have given up the most sacks in the league. So you have scoring potential with the Chiefs defense. So even if even with this game being high scoring, because this is a, a, a game with a 51 total, I think the Chiefs defense are still in play. That's the crazy part about all this. I think it's a high scoring game, and you can still consider the Chiefs defense if you can't play my uh, my defense that I will be locking in basically 80, 80% of my lineups today. Uh, and the other 15, I, I, I'm i going to throw out as a pivot uh, off of that defense. But I, I just think that the Chiefs 
actually have a pretty good shot at defense as well of getting there, even though you wouldn't think of it in a 51 total. I think it's possible. The other spot I'm targeting hard, uh, heavily, Baltimore hosting the Rams. Rams, you know, no Lamar Jackson. No, we just got a word on that. Uh, Rams are now seven-point favorites, uh, but it was already trending that Lamar wasn't going to be playing this game. This is the last stand for the Ravens, but guess what? The Ravens' secondary completely shredded. The injury bugs have caught up to them. I talked about this in my season preview of the Ravens that they were long overdue to have regression due to injury. It just happened to catch them at the worst uh, possible point in the season. It is what it is, but I like the Tyler Huntley side because, to me, Cooper Cup has the easiest floor, in my opinion. Uh, Now, Cooper Cup is so expensive at 9500 on DraftKings, and, you know, the uh, FanDuel pricing, it's just through the roof uh, this week. The The problem is, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing Cooper Cup, even at these prices. The floor is there. The floor is there. The question is, can you get the ceiling game? And I think you can still get the ceiling game. So to me, Cooper Cup, there's nothing wrong with uh, playing Cooper Cup this week. The question is, can you win a Millie Maker format with Cooper Cup? I'm not entirely sold on the $20 Millie Maker. But in the high stakes Millie Maker, that's uh, the 222 I definitely think you can play Cooper Cup. Uh, Like, I'm... I'm not going to shy away from that. Uh, so being fully transparent, uh, you know, I, I will be leaning more towards uh, Van Jefferson than Cooper Cup. But that's just from a roster construction standpoint. I still like Mark Andrews, and I still like Tyler Huntley. Now, do I think uh, Stafford could shred this defense? Yeah. But I also think the Rams are going to mix it up more than what happened in terms of... Uh, uh, what uh, the rate uh, what the Bengals did last week. So I, I think Sony Michelle's in play. I think they're going to do motion, but I think they do spread it around. So, you know, again, I will have Cooper cup exposure. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I think, it, you know, if it's a question of Jonathan Taylor versus uh, Cooper cup, I don't think that's the right question. I think it's how, what's the uh, trade off from, uh, uh, another player on, uh, all, all, like, you know, the the really issue becomes, like, going off of Jonathan Taylor in a smash spot against the Raiders' run defense that is atrocious versus Cooper Cup against the Ravens' secondary that's terrible. And, you know, the uh, when you can do Van Jefferson. The thing is, the running back plays this week, there aren't, that many plays at running back that I think are solid enough to justify getting off of in the high stakes context that uh, I don't think it's enough to justify getting off of them. I I don't. So that's where I kind of look at and say, huh, I am more leaning uh, towards uh, getting after the, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more in line with getting after, uh, the uh, uh, the the Colts running game side because I know the Rams passing game should be g- good and viable and I like Van Jefferson more than OBJ but even OBJ I'll have some sprinkle of but I I just think that Van Jefferson's a better play than OBJ this week so to me again it comes down to roster construction and you know 
I think the Ravens uh, are going to get blown out here. I think the Rams win by 10, and Michelle comes into play. I just don't think he comes into play enough to be truly fantasy viable. Um, in in cash games, yes. Uh, higher stakes, I don't necessarily see it uh, in terms of upside. I, I, I still like David Montgomery more against the Giants. I just, you know, I think that's just a no-brainer. But to me, that's where I'm leaning towards is uh, when we get into uh, some of these spots, you know, I think uh, Stafford is certainly in play, uh, you know. And, you know, as I said with the Ravens side, I like Andrews. Uh, you know, we – and I'm I'm looking here. It looks like Marquise Brown is active. So with Marquise Brown active, I think Ramsey's concentration is more going to be on Marquise Brown and not so much on Andrews. Just because it's easy to me, it's easier for uh, Ramsey to uh, lock down Marquise Brown than trying to body up Mark Andrews in the slot. I don't think that's a good matchup uh, in general for Ramsey. So to me, I I like Andrews uh, in the matchup, and I I think you play Tyler Huntley with Andrews. You have uh, the ob- uh, ability to play uh, Jonathan Taylor, who we'll get to, and then um, uh, play Van Jefferson instead. I just think it's harder uh, if you get off of uh, Jonathan Taylor to get that uh, point scoring uh, aside with uh, some of these plays that. You know, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but, like, that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, next up, Indy uh, hosting the Raiders. Uh, you know, we've got a 46 total. Carson Wentz is back under center. This line shifted so many times this week with Carson Wentz being under COVID protocols. No one knew he was going to be playing. The NFL changed their rules midweek. Uh, so now, uh, you know, Carson Wentz did clear enough days uh, to get there. So, again, that puts Pittman back in play. It helps uh, make life easier for Jonathan Taylor. Again, the Raiders' run defense is terrible. It's a bottom three in the league. I love Jonathan Taylor in this spot. I mean, the Colts need to rack up uh, more wins uh, to guarantee that playoff spot. And nine and six, uh, you know, seven and a half point favorites. This is just a uh, smash spot for the Colts. I think they run it right down the Ra- uh, the Raiders' throats. I, you know, I while the Colts could do play action, I think this is a Jonathan Taylor spot where he goes for a buck twenty, a buck fifty, and peels off at least one big run in this matchup. To me, it's built for it. And when we get into this script, we were looking for the runbacks. No Darren Waller again. Uh, yeah, could you go Hunter Renfro? But he's priced up, uh, so it's a bit uh, expensive. I like Zay Jones at 3900 and he's also uh, very cheap on uh, FanDuel as well. I mean, basically, when we kind of get into this spot, you know, you're looking for a, uh, a little bit offense from uh, the Raiders, to make sure that the Colts, uh, because the Colts are still going to run it with um, Taylor no matter what, but I think it's a little bit lower on where it's it's going to be for, uh, less obvious for uh, teams to be in that spot. I I kind of look at this as a unique spot where, yes, 
Jonathan Taylor is going to be highly owned, but you know you're still going to see, uh, realistically, uh, the there there's going to be more of a focus in terms of uh, the uh, general uh, general setup being uh, that uh, the Colts still pounding the rock. So. To me, you can also go Foster Moreau in the tight end spot. You know, because I'm on the Andrew side, I don't think this is necessarily a double tight end week, so not as keen on going down that road. But it, it can it can get there. It's just you need more factors to work out in your favor, and Moreau is definitely lower on the pecking order for Carr than just checking up for renfro or zay jones uh in a uh, come from behind script so to me uh i like jones more than renfro i think with the salary savings uh getting off of renfro you can get into other spots as well especially because we're paying up at other positions too so um not going too crazy with um these pieces next up uh miami traveling to tennessee to play the titans Terrible weather uh, forecasts on this one. Uh, so lots of rain, looks ugly. I don't want interest in th- in this game from a fantasy perspective. I was interested in Jalen Waddle and A.J. Brown, but weather just does not look good, and I don't trust these quarterbacks enough in bad weather to get me what I need from them. So while Jalen Waddle had a nice price tag at 6700 and you could you could have done a run back with uh, – AJ Brown, I uh, I just I don't know. It's like uh, Waddle six seven hundred on uh, DraftKings seven K on Fanduel. It's just like it was a great spot. Then we got the weather, and you know, I just don't want to be messing around and get my caught my pants down on this. So it's like it's just not a great feeling when you play yourself into a weather game, even though you you love to play, but the weather just is not cooperating. It's just, there are way too many ways for this game to fail. Now I don't want to be messing around with it. So, uh, Tennessee's favored by three. Yeah. The Titans can win it with bad weather, but you know, I don't think it's the crazy thing to go with Miami side either. It's just a game where I'm just not that interested and I'm just going to kind of cross it off. Moving on. Uh, my lowly New York football giants, Traveling to Chicago to play the Bears. Cold, cold game in the forecast. Uh, Snow uh, expected as well. Uh, Bears have uh, Andy Dalton under center. Six and a half point favorites. Uh, The Giants rolling out a two quarterback tandem of uh, Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. Uh, They're both terrible, so someone's getting picked. We might even get a pick six. I love the Bears defense here. First and foremost, the Bears defense is my highest owned exposure of the entire week. I don't see where the Giants are scoring uh, effectively in this game. Yeah, could they get a garbage touchdown late? Yeah, certainly. But I think there were sacks. I think there were turnovers. The Giants may or may not be facing out Saquon Barkley. Like, there's a whole mess of things going on with the Giants right now that I want no part of, but I do think that that Bears defense is healthy enough uh, to cause a number of issues for a depleted Giants team 
And then the reason why I like the David Montgomery play that I, I really haven't heard from people, Dexter Lawrence is out on, uh, on the COVID list. So not only did you lose Leonard Williams, you lost the, the other defensive tackle that was the run stopper on the Giants in, in Dexter Lawrence. The Giants don't really have that much to stop the run. So even if you don't like David Montgomery at 6,500, it's, 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 it's not that uh, it's a lock that he's going to smash the slate and get 20-plus points. It's more along the lines of the floor is safe enough that if he doesn't get 15, you're kind of surprised because I think he gets into the end zone at least once, and he's likely to catch some dump-offs from Dalton. So I'm, I'm not saying that he's a lock for 20, but I think it's a lock to say he gets 16. And in this slate where you got a bunch of low totals, I think that's enough uh, not to get too cute if you correlate it with the Bears defense, which I think is the I think it's the clear-cut play on the slate at 3,200. Yes, you can play other defenses, but I think the Giants are most likely, outside of this uh Minnesota game tonight where we don't have Kirk Cousins due to the COVID protocols. I think this is the most clear-cut lopsided matchup in terms of defense versus QB matchup. I, I I just don't see the Giants scoring today. I really don't. So, you know, it, it, it just it is what it is. So don't, don't overthink it. Philly, traveling to Washington to play the football team. You know, Washington, free fall, implosion Sunday night. You know, just a bad look overall. Are they going to get stopped by Philly? I don't necessarily think so, but I don't see how Philly doesn't win this game. Uh, you know, uh, Philly's favored by six. Uh, this line originally was at three. We don't know if Washington's sticking with Heineke. It looks like Heineke's the starter, but there's a chance Kyle Allen comes into play as well. We, we Again, when we have these two QB situations, Let's not get too cute with uh, how we're playing the game. The only issue with the Philly side is no Miles Sanders, but it looks like we're going to have a triumvirate at uh, uh, running back because we got Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, and Kenneth Gainwell all likely to see touches for Philly. On the Washington side, we also have a triumvirate because Gibson's on COVID where, uh, COVID list uh, where we're going to see Jarrett Patterson, Jonathan Williams, and Wendell Smallwood, the former Eagle. Again, you know, from fantasy side, I had more interest in this game when it was a possibility of uh, Howard being out. I'm off of Scott for that reason. I like Dallas Goddard. You can pair him with uh, a Hurts lineup. But again, Hurts, you know, there's there's only so much upside here at his price tag versus some of the other scrambling QBs we've got on deck here. I don't want to necessarily do go too crazy with builds uh, involving him. So we'll we'll leave it at that. Next up, Tampa hosting. I know Tampa traveling to New York. I I don't know why I misread that. Uh, We know the bucks are in New York this week. I mean, this jets team is terrible, but Tampa doesn't have that much to play for, to be honest. Uh, Yes. Uh, there are incentive contracts for both uh, Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. The issue is Mike Evans is just coming off of a hamstring injury. They already lost Godwin for the year. You really think Tampa's going to risk that much with AB? I think Brady puts up big numbers in the first half, and I, I could see them shutting it down and coasting with Ronald Jones to close out the second half. I, the 
I like AB on DraftKings only. DraftKings, they mispriced him. He's 6,100. AB can get there with value on DraftKings. And if he gets two touchdowns, I mean, it's kind of a wrap uh, this week. If AB gets two touchdowns in the first half, which is possible against this Jets secondary. So let's not kid ourselves. But you know, that's kind of it. I don't think they really like Ronald Jones, but yeah, they'll, they'll run Ronald Jones uh, at 6,300. But I like Montgomery way more. I like Jonathan, Boy- uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor a lot more. I just, I, I just don't necessarily get that caught up with uh, Ronald Jones. And I think uh, Keyshawn Vaughn might uh, get some passing game work with Brady because we saw Ronald Jones just miss some easy dump offs with Brady. I think Brady is going to kind of call on Keyshawn Vaughn this week. Uh, so if you want to get different, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn at 5,200, it's not that crazy of a play, in my opinion. Uh, anything from the Jets, uh, you know, Braxton Berrios is 3,700 and is going to see work in the slot again. Now, everyone, like, there's still going to be a ton of ownership on him. I get it. Uh, I like the Zay Jones play more for uh, GPP formats as a run back to playing Jonathan Taylor than I would playing Barrios with AB, but I will have plenty of Barrios and AB lineups. Uh, so that to me, that's not that crazy. Uh, but yeah, um, it, I like Barrios. Uh, I know you can do Michael Carter in AB lineups. Uh, uh, so Michael Carter in a running back spot at 5,100. I don't think there, there's anything wrong with going that route, but yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where, we can kind of debate the merits of certain plays, but this Tampa team is going to put up points on the Jets. I think they coast in the second half. So could the Jets backdoor cover? Certainly. But I think Tampa does put up points. It's a 47 half total. You know, they're looking at, uh, they're looking at uh, Tampa to score 30 plus points. I think Tampa could get to 24 by halftime. And then they, then they just coast. So do with that what you will. I'm not going too crazy on Tampa bets. You know, have them in some teasers, but I'm not going that crazy. Uh, that brings us to the 4 o'clock window. We got Chargers hosting the Broncos. Chargers need to win this one, obviously. They've squandered so many opportunities this year. Uh, looking to rebound from that Houston debacle. I'm going to take the Chargers you know, if they drop this one, I don't know what else to say. The the, the Broncos aren't good. Uh, the Broncos are missing a bunch of offensive linemen. They, there's just, there are enough bad warning flag signs for the Broncos to say, stay away. And that's what, exactly what I'm going to do. Um, you know, not really interested in playing pieces from uh, the Broncos side with the linemen out because, yeah, you could look at Jonathan uh, uh, Javante Williams and uh, Melvin Gordon, but I just think with the offensive line issues, I don't want to mess around with that. Um, on the Chargers side, uh, you you have uh, uh, Jared Cook out with uh, COVID protocol, so it, we have either Steven Anderson or Trey McKitty filling the role at tight end. Um, most of the projections are going to go with Anderson. I think it's more of a 50-50 it, to me, so I'm going to have a goofy build uh, where I save salary because they're both 2,500. 
So you could play a Herbert lineup with both tight ends and just lo- and, and just tie up at dirt cheap. Yeah, one will probably f- fail, but by tying up those positions, you can fit in a lot of studs. I'll leave it at that. Just to give you an idea of a, of a GPB build in large field to get different, I think you can kind of go down that road. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm just giving you an idea uh, of what you can kind of come up with. Now, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so uh, Carolina, New Orleans, really no interest in this game. Um, New Orleans, seven-point favorites. Taysom back under center. Um, could you play Kamara? Yeah, but I like Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris is back from his uh, COVID uh, suspension from not being vaccinated. And, uh, and basically had a three-week suspension, you know, was all, like, again, it was a suspension, not out sick due to COVID. So, to me, he should be healthy, ready to go and hit the ground running. At 3K, he's Taysom's favorite receiver. He's dirt cheap. He's 3K. I love this spot in the afternoon window. It fills so many of my builds. I'm going to target this Carolina secondary. We know Taysom isn't very good at throwing, but he he has a rapport with Deontay Harris that's good enough to have me consider the spot because I think he can get to 10. And if he gets me 10 or more, if he, even if he gets into the end zone, I am basically minted with the other guys I'm playing uh, this week. So, listen, I think this is a spot to kind of avoid outside of uh, the Deontay Harris play, and yeah, could you play Taysom at 6K in the QB spot on DraftKings? Yeah. Uh, FanDuel pricing, it's, it's not too bad, but I just think that there are other opportunities here. I just don't see a ton of scoring in this matchup at, with uh, a 37 total. I, you know, we talked about this Monday Night Football. 37 total, Vegas telling you this thing is going to be a defensive struggle, but I think Deontay Harris can get underneath pass work as well. So. I like it. I, I definitely like it. Um, what else we got? Yeah, Detroit in Seattle. Another rough game. Uh, weather issues in Seattle. Uh, I like the running backs here. DeAndre Swift is back for Detroit. I like Rashad Penny for Seattle. Uh, Swift is 6K. Penny is 6100 uh, 6, That's it. That's it for both of these teams. I want nothing else to do with either one of these teams. Uh, like, all the other pieces, no, because you don't. Jared Goff is doubtful. You you still can't trust the Seattle passing game. I want no other interest in this game, and I'll leave it at that. It's just way too much issues to deal with. Next up, uh, Arizona traveling to Dallas. Arizona in free fall. Dallas essentially surging after that Sunday night beatdown of Washington. Here's the thing. Could Dallas score a bunch of points? It's a 52 total. I think this game busts. I, I don't see Arizona's defense doing that much on Dallas's defense. I like the Cowboys' defense. This is my pivot off of playing uh, the Bears against the Giants. I, Dallas' defense is 3,200. They are opportunistic. I think they can get a touchdown off of, uh, off of Arizona with their uh, aggressive play calling. I like Dallas's defense, but I also think the under hits here. 
I think Dallas uh, can turn this into a running game, and I think they will turn this into a running game. I'm not as sold on Dallas's passing attack this week, and I know the Cardinals are statistically are a good run defense. Technically, they're supposed to be a good run defense. Dallas's offensive line and and Tyron Smith is supposed to be in. Dallas offensive line, I think, wins that matchup. So that's just me. But I think this game goes under. I think this is the afternoon spot that busts. I'm not going to be on this game that much. Just personally speaking, I I know people are talking up Michael Gallup. I know people are talking up Christian Kirk. I'm just not on this game. I just don't like this game. Something tells me this game is the one that busts. I have way more confidence in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game shooting out than in this game in the afternoon shooting out. So to me, I'm more concentrated on the early window. I'm not going to go too crazy about uh, the afternoon games. And then Sunday Night Football, we got Green Bay, Minnesota. We'll talk about this debacle later on, but no Kirk Cousins tonight. This is a mess. Monday Night Football, uh, Steelers and Browns. We'll talk about it that later as well. I mean, whoo, got some dog matchups late. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but um, let's get out of here because we got to get this uploaded. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of going on today. So uh, best of luck to everyone today. Like I said, I, I, I'm big on Jonathan Taylor. You'll see me with exposure to the Cincinnati Chiefs game. You'll see me exposure to Baltimore and the Rams. And we'll kind of roll from there. But uh, best of luck, everyone. And uh, good luck today. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.